This morning's reading is Luke chapter 22, verses 22 to 38. When the time of their purification according to the law of Moses had been completed, Joseph and Mary took Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother marvelled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. I hope you had a lovely Christmas, whatever it looked like for you this year. If you've got a Bible to hand, then do keep it open at Luke chapter 2 as we look more at it together. Let's pray as we come to God's word. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the chance to celebrate Jesus' birth over Christmas, uh, the gift of the Word made flesh. We pray as we look at your Word together now, you would speak to us, uh, that you would change us into the image of your Son. In Jesus' name, Amen. Here are uh, a few headlines that I found recently. Thanks to Brexit, we will start a new era in our great country's history in just a few days. Or a music one. Billie Eilish has teased a new era starting in 2021. Doritos unveils new 3D crunch, entering a new era of three-dimensional snacking. People seem to like declaring new eras. Out with the old... In with the new, as they say. Sometimes it's a, a reinvention, a step forward in making a product better. 
I mean, who knew that the problem with Doritos was that they were 2D? Sometimes the implication is, on the other hand, that old was bad and it needs replacing. As we've looked at the start of Luke, things have been building, gathering pace. After 400 years of quiet, God is speaking again. John the Baptist is foretold and then born. Mary is told that she will give birth to Jesus. And then as he is born, Jesus is announced by angels. It really seems that after a lot of waiting, we've reached a new era. But what is the relationship between the old and the new? And what is this new era going to be like anyway? As Luke continues to show us who Jesus is, we see in this passage how he's welcomed by Simeon and Anna, and we hear some of what he will do in Simeon's prophecy. But first, we see how Jesus fulfills the law, fulfilling the old. Verse 22, when the time of their purification according to the law of Moses had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. At first glance, verses, these verses may seem just like an overly long setup for Luke to be able to get Mary and Joseph and Jesus to the temple. It might seem that verse 27 would do just fine on its own. But Luke has a point to make here. Did you notice that the law is mentioned three times within six verses? And there's another time in verse 39 as well. Luke wants to show us something about Jesus' relationship to the law at the very start of his life. To understand, it will help us to go back to Exodus, Numbers and Leviticus, where these rituals are initiated. We'll do a whistle-stop tour. In Exodus 12, God rescues Israel from slavery through the Passover. The firstborn of all the Egyptians is killed, but anyone in a household whose door is painted with the blood of a sacrificed lamb is spared. And so in chapter 13, we read that the Lord said to Moses, consecrate to me every firstborn male. Their firstborn children were spared at Passover, so now they're to be consecrated, made holy, set aside, people particularly dedicated to serving God. This then is developed a bit more in numbers when the tribe of Levi become priests to serve for all Israel. The firstborn was still to be presented to the Lord, but they could be brought back with the Levites serving instead. So that's why Jesus is presented in the temple. But there's another part of what Mary and Joseph have come to do as well. Leviticus is about life in the presence of God. To be able to go near to the tabernacle, his dwelling place, you have to be clean. Clean means not stained by the effects of the fall, one of which is pain in childbirth. So Leviticus 12 sets out some instructions about sacrifices which remove the uncleanness, so that instead of feeling the effects of the fall, people can enjoy God's blessings, 
being near his presence in the tabernacle or later the temple. Okay, that's the background. So now back to Luke. Don't worry if you uh, got lost at all there. This is the important bit. Why does Luke emphasise that Mary and Joseph do all these things which are required of everyone anyway? Well, partly it is exactly that. Mary and uh, Jesus has come to earth fully human. So he goes through everything that the people he's come to represent go through. He starts his life fully committed to God, but a human just like all of us, just as the rest of his life would be. It shows us something about Mary and Joseph as well. Poor though they were, unable to afford their lamb, but just with the two doves. They were faithful Jews, so they were ready to do what God required of them. But there's something stronger about Luke's emphasis on the law here too. As Luke is writing, Christians are being kicked out of the synagogues, uh, persecuted by Jews, despite the claims that they were just following the Jewish Messiah. The Jews, the people to whom the Christ was promised, who were told what he would be, look, what he would be like, didn't recognise that Jesus was who he said he was. So if the Jews were rejecting Jesus, were the Christians' claims really true at all? I mean, it may seem a little academic today. It's well known that Jews and Christians have different ideas about who Jesus is. But it's important for us, as it was for Luke's original readers, to know that Jesus is not disconnected from the law and the Old Testament. In fact, we see that he fulfills it perfectly. The new era that starts with Jesus' arrival is not out of the blue, separate from what has gone before, but it's dependent on it. That matters for us because it, it makes sense of God's plan. The new era is not a reset that makes everything in the past redundant, It's not a a plan B, hastily made up when plan A failed. It's perfectly in tune with what came before it. Everything is exactly as God intended. And it matters because it means we can learn from the Old Testament. The more we read these books, written hundreds of years before Jesus, the more we understand about him. He is the one who fulfills all the prophecies and promises, who succeeds where so many of the Old Testament characters fail, who goes far beyond all the amazing things that they do in his life. So, Luke has shown that Jesus and his family don't reject the old. They keep the law exactly. Now Luke brings us to two representatives of that old law. Two representatives who we see welcoming the new era. Welcoming the new era. Did you notice how Simeon and Anna are described? Both are old. We're told Anna is 84 in verse 36. And from the promise given to Simeon in verse 26 that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ 
we assume that he was fairly old as well. We're told Simeon is righteous and devout. He had the Holy Spirit upon him. Anna is a prophetess, someone who speaks for God. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. These are people who have spent their lives truly trusting God. People who listen to his word, who live for him. They're not priests or leaders, people who might be seen to be religious in the world. They're ordinary, faithful Jews, trusting God each and every day. And most importantly, they're two people who have understood God's promises to his people. Two people waiting for God to send his rescuer. Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Anna spoke to those who, like her, were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. See, throughout the Old Testament, God has promised that one day he will sort out the mess that the world is in. To give just one example, Isaiah 52, verse 9 says, Burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has consoled his people, he has redeemed Jerusalem. Simeon and Anna trusted God and were waiting for him to keep his promises. The success of a new era often depends on its relation to the old. People in a coup will often lock up or kill the old regime so that accepting the new era is the only option. But a a good team manager will try and get the group leaders on board when trying to implement a new strategy. If those people are enthusiastic to make changes, to start this new era, then others will follow. Simeon and Anna are outstanding examples of the faithful Jew, under the law, trusting God. How do they react as the new era comes in? when Jesus is brought into the temple to them. Well, they're overjoyed to welcome him. Verse 8, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. Verse 38, coming up to them at that very moment, Anna gave thanks to God. In this new era of the early church, it may look like that the old wants nothing to do with the new. Jews gave Jesus to the Romans to be killed. Christians were not welcome in the synagogues. But we see here in Luke that true Jews, those who truly trust in God, who believe his word, faithful people like Simeon and Anna, they welcome Jesus and the new era that he brings. So if we're faced by Questions like, why wasn't Jesus recognised when he was alive? Or why didn't he make it more obvious that he was the Christ? Luke gives us confidence that he was recognised by those who were truly looking and waiting. And as we wait for Jesus' return ourselves, a wait that can be difficult at times, 
this man and woman set an example of how to wait well, waiting, trusting God's word, welcoming Jesus, and speaking about him. But we've still got one more question. What is this new era like? Luke has most of the rest of two books to tell us, but in this passage we get a little glimpse. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon says much about what this tiny baby has come to do. And we'll quickly look at three things to finish. First is that the new era brings salvation. Remember the scene here. Simeon is in the temple courts. He sees this young couple that he's never met before. He takes their tiny baby and says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. It's amazing, isn't it? This baby is the Lord's Christ that Simeon has been promised he will see. The Christ who doesn't just bring salvation, but who is salvation. A salvation coming not in swords or bullets, vaccines or ventilators, but in a child. A salvation so great that even though Simeon won't live to see the cross and the resurrection, he can still die in peace, knowing that God keeps his promises. The old era that Simeon is part of had lots to say about salvation. Noah saved from the flood, the people rescued out of Egypt. But nothing matches the salvation that Simeon sees in this child. Because secondly, we see that the new era is for all people. My eyes have seen your salvation, Simeon says, which you have prepared in the sight of all people a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. This new era of salvation is not something that is for a small group of people, a particular race in a particular place, nor is it kept a secret, hidden from the world. The doors are flung wide open so that everyone has the possibility to see. Jesus is a light that shows God's plan to the Gentiles when previously it was hidden. And he's a light that fulfills all the promises given to Israel. Though they're just a small group in the corner of the temple courtyard in Jerusalem, the baby that Simeon is holding will impact the entire world. This new era is salvation for all people. And thirdly, The new era brings division. How are you at writing cards? What would you put in a new baby card? I'm never any good at those kind of things, but I don't think I'd ever write anything like this. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and will be a sign that is spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your soul too. It's not very cheery, is it? But just as Simeon has understood from Scripture that the salvation that Jesus brings, he knows that 
not everyone will accept it. The arrival of the new era is not something that can be ignored, and there are only two responses. Many will reject what is offered and continue to do so today. Some will even oppose and kill him, leading to much grief for Mary. But some recognise in Jesus the same things that Simeon and Anna do, the fulfilling of God's promises, salvation for Israel and for Gentiles. At the start of his Gospel, Luke records Simeon's speech to give us confidence in this new era that Jesus' birth has brought about. It's a dividing era, but it's one of salvation for all people, no matter where we are or who we are. It may be that you've been reflecting on Jesus in a new way over Christmas, with all that is different this year. I'd encourage you to hear this good news that Simeon proclaims and respond to it. And for those who have welcomed Jesus, like Simeon and Anna, we can trust that he is the Christ that is promised in the Old Testament. God's plan is on track. And we can wait well for him to return. We've seen that as Jesus' birth heralds a new era, it isn't completely disconnected from the old. Jesus fulfills the law. He's dedicated to God. And those who truly understand God's word welcome this era, knowing that it is far better. Salvation for all people. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your plan of salvation written in the Bible. We thank you that it is a plan that encompasses the Old and the New Testaments. We thank you for the example of Simeon and Anna, how they waited and longed for your salvation and how they responded when it arrived. Help us to respond similarly to Jesus and to wait well for his return, trusting your promises and speaking about you. In Jesus' name, amen.